0: I'm adulting, but I don't feel like an adult. Within the last few years, the culture came up with a new word. Adulting. Related books and articles have proliferated. In this episode, two psychologists ponder what is adulting? Why has it only now entered our consciousness? And how can we deal with the nagging doubt that we're not truly full-fledged adults? That's what we'll be discussing in this episode of Life's Dirty Little Secrets.
1: We are all very human and fallible, and yet we live in a society that rewards pretending we're not fallible. Or the range of acceptable fallibility is narrow.
0: We are constantly comparing our insides to other people's outsides, and feeling inadequate and guilty, even ashamed.
1: Trying to blend in means parts of ourselves must disappear, and we must then live in fear that we will be found
0: out. Here, together, we will create a space where we can laugh, cry, and carry our suffering and hurts lightly. In the service of being deeply human. This is Life's Dirty Little Secrets. All right. Well, hey. here we are. I'm Chris McCurry in Seattle, Washington, and in, in the States.
1: And I'm Emma Waddington from the other side of the world in Singapore.
0: And uh, today we're going to be talking about topic that has been on my mind for quite some time, and that is the, I think, not unusual idea that we sometimes just don't feel like full-fledged adults.
1: That's right. Yes. So true. And it's, it's an interesting topic because it isn't something that we've, the media has been talking about for a very long time. But in the last kind of Gosh, what has it been? Five, six years. This idea of adulting has been discussed. This idea that we need to learn to be responsible adults, and that that's part of our journey as we grow.
0: That adulting is is something extraordinary or out of the ordinary. That that we should be surprised when we do it.
1: Right? Yes, or we should feel it. Right. Almost like you feel like you've suddenly become an adult and that that includes doing this adult stuff. And I guess when we started thinking about this topic, started to realize that there are still many, many, many times that I don't think I'm quite there yet. Like I haven't quite reached that milestone. (laughs) Like when will it happen where I feel this sort of sense of maturity and confidence that I know what I'm doing?
0: Well, I, I think part of the problem is that we get to feel that, but then it goes away. It's, it's sort of this yeah. fleeting thing, and and our hope is that it will it will show up and be permanent. And I'll never have to like doubt myself again as an adult. But it's it's like you know sometimes it's like, yay! I just you know I'm an adult. I just did something really cool and adult like, which is <laughs> weird that we even have to it's you true. know think. But but then then we're like thrown back into this, you know, doubt and you know sense of yeah. perpetual adolescence or something. But it's it's actually been well, it's been about you know six or seven years. Uh, uh, there was a Time magazine article in 2016 that talked about adulting, and and it's just strange that it's it's become a thing. I I don't think people had to think about it, or maybe they did, and they just didn't talk about it. Maybe it was, in fact, a dirty, local secret.
1: Yeah, totally. And I wonder if once upon a time it was based in, when we think about it, when I think of my parents, it depended on what you did more than how you felt. Like you just did adult things as opposed to feeling like an adult. Maybe they did feel more adult-like, and now I don't know. I just wonder whether this... Why are we now thinking about it so much more?
0: I don't know. That's, you know, been troubling me as well. And it, it, again, it's, it's not something that anybody really talked about. No. But now it's sort no. of out in the open and there are all these books out there about how to be an adult and all these articles. Right. And, you know, I could have used something like that coming up. Totally.
1: Yes. In fact, I have this book that I bought the kids that's called How to Be a Person. No, oh. And it talks about all these actions that you, how to learn from everything from how to make scrambled eggs to how to write to your member of parliament, a letter. So hmm. it's all these behaviors, all these things that you can learn how to do to sort of move you through into this adult. It's almost like a guidebook. It's, it's, it's fascinating. Right. How to make your bed, how to you know, wash your clothes, it's how to save money. And yeah it's, like a, yeah, it's like a recipe book on what's expected of you when you become a person. They don't use the word adult, but that's how it looks.
0: Right. And there are so many books out there like that. And I never encountered one, you know, in my 20s or 30s. I'm surprised my parents didn't buy one for me.
1: Yeah, it's, it's curious, isn't it? There was kind of an expectation that you would know. And now we know that so many... I can't remember what percentage, but a significant group of first-year students at university drop out because they're mm-hmm. really struggling with this adulting, with this ability to take the responsibility as a, a individual without the, the support of the parent. And so that some of the books that I think you're referring to talks about how to prepare them or how to prepare ourselves to make that leap into adulthood. And I just wonder, yeah.
0: Well, and university is sort of an in-between stage, yes, exactly. um, which is you know useful for a lot of people to be able to have some semblance of adulthood. But you can, you know, often come home on the weekend with a bag of laundry.
1: Totally, yeah, like I did. In fact, I used to travel abroad with a bag of laundry. <laughs> I used to just turn up, and my mother still talks about it. About us showing up with dirty clothes and get fed. It's really true. And just going back to that feeling of of adult, and it is so true that it feels like it's sh- it's it's kind of really in. When I think of being an adult, I think of no longer having self doubt, having confidence, like knowing right. that you're doing something. right. There is a feeling that I attribute to being an adult, like knowing what to do.
0: Right. And and I think that's part of the the issue is that you know, growing up, I think a lot of people, I know I did, you know, we would look at the adults and, you know, it's it's part of that judging our insides by other people's outsides. And I would look at the adults and, and they would be kind of moving through life, getting stuff done. And we weren't privy to, you know, their turmoils. Some occasionally, you know, in some families, unfortunately, the kids are completely steeped in the adults' drama, which is not very good, but it was, a, it was this idea that at some point I would I would pass through this golden doorway, yeah. and I would have, you know, no more inner conflicts, no more doubts, no more uncertainties. I would just know what to do. And I'm still waiting for yeah. that to happen. I totally. mean, I'm going I'm to be 70 in a couple of weeks, so. I'm giving up, I'm giving up hope. Yes. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a struggle.
1: It is a struggle. I was thinking the other day of exactly that, you know, with, with being an adult, having children and all that responsibility, how there's those moments of, you know, anxiety, worry, fear that maybe it might not work out and you might not be able to support the family the way you want to. And all this sort of worries, especially, you know, nowadays when you know, the economy feels a little bit more fragile. It's an honest, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a real worry. And it suddenly hit me that we are a dual income household. So there's two of us holding the weight. But growing up, it was only my dad. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I mean, you know, I'm in my mid-40s. And it was the first time I thought, wow, he was carrying all of that on his own. Mm-hmm. And I never heard it. I never heard this. Well, now and again, he would be worried about, work and but nothing very big but I imagine he was carrying all of that on his own and it never I never thought I thought he had it sorted out I thought he knew what he was doing and now I think about and I'm sure you know I'm sure he did have a lot of anxiety but we never saw it we never heard about it mm -hmm. now I carry it and and suddenly it's hit me that he probably felt the same
0: oh yeah I'm sure at times he he did but I think there was there was just this different ethos around that where you you sort of sucked it up and and you didn't complain and again, you know we probably shouldn't be burdening our children with those kinds of things
1: no no, you're right so yes, yes
0: is this is this a generational thing is this you know what's what's the deal but you know i th- I think there's obviously more to explore here and people to talk to and and interview, so this is all just very preliminary and getting the topic out there. yeah. Because I think, you know, compared to other generations, and we're talking, well, you you were mentioning that your your father, he went where when he was six?
1: So my dad went to boarding school at the age of six, so he's separated from his mother and Mm -hmm. his father, you know, and they used to live in these huge dorms. With lots of boys. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't. I think he was launched into this world of being independent at an incredibly young age. And there's, and it still happens in the UK that people are sent to boarding school so young.
0: Well, when my father was 13 and he was born in 26. So, you know, this would have been 39. He was sent to military school in uh, in Pennsylvania. Carson Lawn: How to learn, how to labor, how to live, and uh, it's still there. They started Carson Lawn like the eighteen fifties or something. When when my son Ian, who you know well, would be giving us trouble as a teenager, I I would I would open the home computer to boarding school, you know, (laughs) web web pages, and just sort of leave it open, just to you know bother him, but. You know, at at 13, he was there. He was in military school. And when and they yeah. were there, he got uniforms and they're marching. And that's where yeah. he learned how to smoke cigarettes and drink and, you know, all that stuff. That's, and uh, then right. ime- immediately went into the army at 17. Wow. And so he got thrown into, you know, adulthood. And I, I think we, we lack some of those rituals, yeah. some of those transitional experiences. You know, we it's don't really get
1: really interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We don't get taken out into the jungle and kept up for three days and circumcised with a dull piece of flint yeah. and then you then you come back to the village and now you now you sleep in the men's hut. And yeah. it's sort of like, We're done here. You're a man. And you know, maybe maybe those individuals had some doubts as well, but but yeah, it's it it, it seems like people are prolonging their their adolescence or their early adulthood a lot longer than than they used to for sure
1: and it's just making me think about you know in a way our expectations around what you should be able to how you should be able to feel once you become an adult has changed i mean there was no expectation that being an adult would would suddenly feel different it would just be about what you're doing
0: yeah in fact i think that was actually part of adulthood is like you you stopped thinking about how you're feeling
1: that's right. Exactly. That's so true. So true. Because you had to just get on with things. Whilst now that there, there's an expectation in a way that, you feel a certain way when you become an adult, mm-hmm. or you're supposed to, and that you know we protect in a way. It's it's like it's a transition that is quite extended. And we are. I mean, people are living at home for so much longer. What's the average age now, that people move out. It's it's getting older and older.
0: Right. Yeah. Or they come back. As, or they as come our, back. As yeah. our son did.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. And it so, is harder.
0: It is harder. The, the economy, the way it is. People can't afford rents. And, you know, they, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot to be said for multi-generational living. It's, it can be quite beneficial for everybody. But there's there's that still that nagging sense of well until I achieve X Y and Z yeah. you know I'm not a full-fledged adult.
1: That's right. And I was listening to this podcast by this dean um who was saying that this is the most intelligent generation but the least resilient.
0: Okay. That's not good. Yeah,
1: no because and she was saying that the, the they're incredibly smart but they struggle with with coping, with with being able to withstand sort of challenges. And and I wonder if that's partly because our expectations are, have changed as well as how you should, in a way, feel about things, how we make decisions. It's much more emotionally based than perhaps it used to be before. Like knowing what you really want to do or, you know, what will give you a feeling of purpose, perhaps before... You just got on with it, and then you found out. Like right. we're asking bigger questions now,
0: right? Or you accommodate yourself to your lot. You know, yeah. you were you were apprenticed off at at seven. You know, and you're going to be a a cobbler because your father was a cobbler. Or, That's right. Or, yeah. Or back back in the day where you know the. The the oldest son went into the family business, the middle son went into the military, and the youngest son went into the priesthood. Yeah,
1: that was it. And I wonder yeah. if that was, I mean, it, it's kind of, it's interesting because in a way it's simpler, but I imagine less meaningful, or we got meaning out of other things.
0: Or or sometimes it just wasn't a good fit, it, you know, temperamentally. Yeah. The, the priest and the, the military person should have switched roles. Yes, um,
1: Exactly. And yet, you had no power and choice.
0: No, you just sort no. Of launched into this, right, right. And so, maybe, maybe there are too many choices, too many options.
1: That's uh, right. And there's so much more of an emphasis about how you feel about things than before. Like okay. feeling that something is is like this. There's to so talking, listening to this. Um, Dean, she was saying that they are so much smarter because we're studying so much more and and people are striving so much higher, but there's so much more anxiety and fear of making mistakes and getting Mm -hmm. it wrong that didn't used to be the case. And so being able to survive in the workforce was much harder, is much harder than it used to be. Right. Because we ask ourselves so many more questions. So within that, there's this sense, I guess, is this you know am i an adult
0: waiting for it to feel a certain way and and as i mentioned before you know there are, there are moments when i i do feel that way maybe you know i get that yeah. little little squirt of dopamine in in my you know brain but it's gone and then it's plunging back into the depth da- and the uh, you know the groping in the dark
1: so true and you just need somebody to question you or challenge you or at least i do mm-hmm. to ask me you know are you sure even in sort of, you know, in my relationship, I sometimes wonder, you know, we'll talk about things and do things together, but sometimes I'll make a decision on my own. And if Franco turns around and goes, well, I don't agree with it. Suddenly I'm like, oh no, maybe it was the wrong decision. <laughs> and I kind of, I notice that I probably rely on, not. probably not. It was <laughs> fine. We all live. <laughs> We're still here. But it's that sense of, approval right making Mm -hmm. sure that you're getting it right and you need that seed just like we did as kids
0: sure you know that doesn't go away
1: different no it doesn't go away even though we're supposed you know we are this adults and super responsible and to think that you know we carry on that self-doubt and that insecurity throughout life even when we're doing things that bringing up like sometimes i stop and i think oh my goodness i'm responsible for these three little kids Mm-hmm. Like, they rely on me and my decision-making. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. I mean, if you st- if I stop and think about it, like, this is marvelous. Give me this job. And then you just do.
0: Right, right.
1: You know, there's those two, there's two parts. You can sort of think about it and get really worried about things, and then we can just keep moving.
0: My mother had four children by the time she was 26. Wow. i was number i was number four and uh, and one of my older sisters was asking her you know how did you even survive and she said youth and ignorance so but true. you know she just had she just had to do it and so yeah, she did that's it. right that's right it's quite incredible i think funnily
1: enough i was just thinking about my mother the other day so my mother um grew up in a small town in Spain, and she'd never left Spain until she met my father, who was her English teacher. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and he came to Spain to teach English, whilst Spain was still under a dictatorship. So my mom hung out with him, and her family disapproved of him. And eventually she left Spain and married him, and her family never came to the wedding. Wow. And then eventually she he got a job as a journalist and he was like it's time for me to to become an adult and get a proper job as opposed to this English English as a you know, second language teaching job and they then got posted in Brazil in 1981 so here is my mother who'd never left Spain even you know small I think she'd gone once to to Italy or something it's suddenly in, in in Sao Paulo in Brazil in nineteen eighty one, you know, with no phones to call home, no FaceTime, no internet to search questions, didn't speak the language, had two young daughters in and I just think, how did she do it? And again, she's you know, she just did. She spent her life at the pediatrician, I think. Mm-hmm. So we were constantly sick <laughs> with all these funky tropical diseases. But yeah, it must have been so scary for her.
0: -hmm. I think part of being an adult is having this yeah. this cloud of, of doubt. yeah. It's going to be there. And one of the things that my father used to talk about is he talked about the difference between problems and conditions. Yes. And you've heard me talk about this, I- that a problem is a situation you don't like, and you look around for some solutions, you apply a solution, maybe more than one, and you solve the problem. But a condition is a situation you don't like, but for which there are no solutions. Yeah. So problems, you know, call for coping and planning and strategizing and things. And I like to say that the the weather is not a problem, you know, because you can't solve it, yeah. but you have you That's cope right. with it, you plan for it. That's right. And I think the doubt of whether or not I'm a full fledged adult, I think, is a condition. So true. And so we, we bear it we and we, do. don't, we don't let it interfere. And uh, perhaps this is a good point to mention that Emma and I are practitioners of something called acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT, and it is it concerns itself with a lot of these stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves and about the world and how at, at heart one has to hold these stories lightly.
1: Yeah. That's right.
0: Because if we get if we get fused with them, hooked by them, tangled up in in these stories, they can sometimes lead us into uh, unhappy places
1: and unhappy right.
0: behavior patterns.
1: Yeah, and keep us very stuck.
0: Very you know, stuck. If
1: we start thinking about whether I am an adult, do I feel like an adult? You know, should I be feeling this way if I'm an adult?
0: Why don't Why don't I feel like an adult? All,
1: I feel like an adult? All these assumptions about how adults should be feeling.
0: I mean, I can answer that question. I can answer the question about why I don't feel like an adult. I have a long list, but but I don't want to go there.
1: Yeah. Good show. And, and it, it does get in the way.
0: It does. So often does. Yeah. Because sometimes if you stop and think about it, you're not going to get the dirty diaper changed.
1: No. No. Or pay the bill or or, you know. Make a decision that is important for the family.
0: Right. We can
1: be really tangled up in those anxious thoughts and the what ifs. And sometimes it's, yeah, it's only experience that tells us that you've done the right thing.
0: Right. And and it's, otherwise, it's paralysis. The other thing that I was thinking about as we were preparing for this, to the extent that people can tell we were prepared. Is I think there's also a certain ambivalence about being an adult. Yeah, you know, like I, I, you know, I would dearly love many times for somebody to come in and just you know deal with it so that I don't have to. So
1: true, yeah.
0: There was this there was this young man I was working with. He was a ten year old boy in my clinical psychology practice, and he wasn't doing any of his homework. He just wasn't doing his schoolwork at like at all. And so I said, so, you know, what's the big deal about just getting your homework done? And he thought for a moment and he said, it's more mature than I want to be. And I I laughed and I I said, yeah, you know, I have those days.
1: I feel it. Yes, exactly. I do too. What a nice way to put it.
0: Yeah. He was, you know, bright kid, you know, sensitive. And I said, so if you just do a good job They'll expect that from you all the time, right? And he said, "Oh yeah, you know, it's like there's a psychologist in this states who has done a lot of work with ADHD, Russell Barkley, and ah, he yeah. said, yeah, he says our kids have a good day and we hold it against them for the rest of their lives.
1: Oh, bless, it's so true, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. So I, I think there's that that component to it where it's like you know, I, I just I don't want to." I want to do this. I want somebody else to take care of it for me.
1: Totally, totally. And I mean, sometimes, you know, it's really hard work to continue and to keep going. Yeah. And, you know, I have my moments where I have, you know, mini tantrums, maybe not so many big tantrums where I'm like, I just can't do it anymore. I need a break. In fact, the other day, the kids were, well, it's bedtime. They were getting ready for bed. They were cranky. And I was like, you know what? I'm cranky too you guys are just gonna sort yourselves out. I'm gonna go and watch a program. (laughs) I can't do it tonight. I just can't do it. And they looked at me and they were like, what? This is not how it goes. And I said to them, this is how it goes tonight? Tonight, mom is checking out and mom is just gonna lay on the couch and watch some TV and you are gonna put yourselves to bed. (laughs) And they were shocked and it took them forever. In fact, it got worse and worse and worse. Eventually, they went to bed really late. But I was adamant I was just not. That day, I was not doing the bedtime. Because actually, maybe it was an adulting moment. I realized that I was just in, I didn't have any resources left. I needed to take a break. And sometimes being an adult requires taking responsibility for those pieces. And it's really hard.
0: Right. To know when you're not up for it. You're Um, not
1: up for it. And and the retaliation is huge. I mean, I had three children on my back, you know, going, what are you doing, mom? What's going on? No, you're going to read me a story. I'm like, I don't know. You're going to sing me a song. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here. And you guys are going to sort yourselves out and you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I trust that you can do this. Yeah. It did take them over and to be okay, but I got to watch my program.
0: Right. And, uh, you know, that's a far cry from boarding school. That's right.
1: Yeah. And my husband walked through the door and he was like, What's going on here? I he said, Well, I'm taking a break tonight. I decided I don't have the energy and I'm look after, I'm going to look after myself. But yes. He was kind of shocked when he showed up and they were still away and really late on a school night. And I thought, Well, I've just not got it in me tonight. Right. But yeah and that's taking responsibility that's being an adult and actually having worked after them when i couldn't do it probably would have been a mistake
0: yeah it could have led to nothing good
1: having a tantrum
0: <laughs> yeah maybe several of them you know
1: several of them all of us together in harmony mm-hmm. but yeah i yeah it is isn't. it is it's hard it's hard and, and risky cuz you can get things wrong
0: Yes, you yeah, but but the fear of being wrong can really keep us paralyzed, absolutely,
1: and then and then we tell ourselves off for for being paralyzed, and that just adds, and it's, it's a snowball effect, isn't it right? It just gets worse and worse, and we can get more and more stuff
0: so I'm not sure what you did when you interrupted your slide into chaos that night, but you know to be able to notice you know we're thinking x and feeling y that historically that has not led to a great place and then pivot you know pivot to something a little more adaptive and that's 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 tricky yes but you know taking a deep mindful breath and you know some little self-compassion and uh, pivot
1: yeah absolutely and giving yourself permission Mm mm-hmm for me, I, I often think about it, and I think about it with my clients, too. It's, let's give ourselves permission just to be in this moment, what, whatever is happening for us, that that's okay. Yeah. And that takes a lot of the energy out of it, actually, that's when we struggle with it, that it's so hard.
0: Right. It's exhausting. And then, and then we don't have the energy to, to do what we need to do. That's
1: right. That self compassion <laughs> piece is so important. You know, okay with not being
0: okay. Yeah. That sounds like a topic for another episode.
1: That's right. Yeah. And how hard it is for us to not be okay. You know, and that, and it kind of feeds back into this battle, you know, that we have to have it all figured out and we have to be okay and all sorted out in order to be in this world. When actually we're all, we're all hiding this. We're all in the same suit.
0: We're all a mess.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. We're all a mess. Sometimes I say to my clients, I wish you saw what I saw because I see every day people struggling. People of all sort of sizes, ages, races, you know, jobs, stages in life, all struggling with very similar things, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the essence of being human
0: and, and not Speaking of them to others and keeping them secrets.
1: That's why I sometimes think that our job is such a privilege. because we get to see that actually we're not alone. You know, even us sitting in our special chair, you know, we know that we're not alone. And mm-hmm. we know that we recognize and can empathize with all of those feelings too. Nothing is foreign. right.
0: Nothing's not human
1: nothing's not human that's right
0: thanks so much for tuning into the life's dirty little secrets podcast
1: if you have any feedback for us or secrets for future episodes you can email us at Life's Dirty Little Secrets podcast at gmail.com.
0: Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Life's Dirty Little Secrets or on Facebook at Life's Dirty Little Secrets Podcast.
1: We invite you to follow, rate, and review us on wherever you listen to this podcast. It is the best way to get our podcast out in front of new listeners.
0: We'll be back in a couple of weeks with more. See, See you, you then. then.